This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's check in now with Jeff Semple. He's the former European Bureau Chief for Global News. He's the host of the Russia Rising podcast. I'm very pleased to welcome him back. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Mike. Great to be with you. And when we're talking about Russia, Jeff, uh, one of the headlines in the news these days is that Face app, uh, app very popular in a lot of smartphones. And I got to admit, I I got curious. I'm a, I'm a sucker for the hype. So I, I downloaded it last night. This is the app that if you take a photo, it can age you and make you look make you, you know, it's really fun, makes you look what you what you're going to look like when you're old. But everybody's freaking out because this is a Russian app. And a lot of people are saying it's a security threat. You should delete it from your phone. Kind of shows the level of, I guess, mistrust that we still have with Russia these days, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think as soon as you, you say the word Russia in that kind of context, people get nervous, right? And yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I mean, it's like every social media platform that I have on my phone, I turn it on and there are old versions of all of my friends and family. So it's amazing yeah. how quickly this app, which has been around for a while, suddenly took off. But yeah, because it is a, an app based in Russia, suddenly people are concerned that, you know, now their data could end up in the hands of the Kremlin. Um, yeah. I do sort of think also, though, Mike, for whatever it's worth, having covered Russia extensively, that this is something that probably a lot of ordinary Russians would be rolling their eyes at right about now. The idea that the sort of, you know, Russian boogeyman who is looking to do everything from interfere in your elections to steal your personal data. I mean, there, you know, there are valid reasons to be concerned, but often that concern is overblown as well. So, you know, I think it's worth sort of maybe just taking a breath and thinking, you know, yes, it's possible that a, a Russian company now has access to some of your photos, but, you know, so does Google, Facebook, Apple, the list goes on and on. So, you know, it's a valid discussion to have and, you know, particularly pertinent when a country like Russia is involved. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing that occurred to me is that doesn't pretty much every app or I guess not every app on your phone, but a lot of them are accessing the personal information you got on your phone. So I don't know. People don't seem to be worried about giving up all their personal information to Facebook or Google or whatever. But as soon as you hear that word Russia, uh, then suddenly it's a it's it's a, a national security threat. Yeah, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg knows far more about you than Vladimir Putin does. You can bet that. And, uh, you know, we've done some stories in the past about micro-targeting that shows that really Facebook has algorithms that use, you know, take your photos, things you like. Uh, on Facebook and that, you know, they only need, you know, several dozen likes, for example, uh, according to some research that's been done to be able to make some really educated guesses about you. And in some cases, you know, if you're a common Facebook user, it's possible that Facebook can make better guesses about you than your own family could. So, yeah, this is a valid discussion, and I'm glad at least that the Russia angle has has sort of brought that up, I suppose, uh, and, you know, shone a, a, a new spotlight on that, and obviously it raises new questions every time we talk about Russia because uh, they're so often seen, of course, as an adversary geopolitically. Okay, Jeff, it's Space Week here on the show. We're doing a lot of space content this week because of the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon mission. And in the past... The uh, Apollo 11, I guess, was the great space race between the United States and Russia. But since then, there's been a lot of cooperation with the Russians when it comes to space exploration and things like the International Space Station. Is that sort of kind of outer space detente and cooperation still going on? Or is it there? Is it a threat that that could unravel in the future, too? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it is still going on, and you're right. I mean, there's a real juxtaposition here when we look at, you know, the space industry versus every other industry. I mean, since, you'll remember, since Russia annexed Crimea back in 2014, the United States, Canada, our allies have leveled a ton of sanctions at various sectors of Russia's economy. So everything from retail, banking, even fast food chains like McDonald's uh, were forced to close their Russian restaurants that were based in Crimea. But even as we see these these tensions continuing to rise, the space industry stands apart. Uh, not only have we not sanctioned Russia's space industry, but we work side by side and we pay the Russians tens of billions of dollars just to reserve a single seat aboard their Soyuz rocket, which of course is a ticket to the International Space Station where Canadian astronaut David St. Jacques just returned from a couple of weeks ago. And so, you know, this has been the case ever since the U.S. shuttled their space shuttle program, if you pardon the pun, and uh, a few years ago. So what basically for the past several years, in fact, Russia has basically been the only game in town to get up to the International Space Station. And an interesting byproduct of that is that you know, we see space exploration as this rare example of geopolitical cooperation, and, you know, it does continue to this day. Having said that, you know, we are seeing many changes happening now in the space industry with private companies such as SpaceX and Virgin Galactic getting into the game. Uh, you know, these billionaires like Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, talking about potentially opening the door to space tourism, even in the next couple of years where paying customers could get to go up to space. And they're also doing a lot of work for NASA, shuttling supplies up to the space station. So, you know, we've seen this sort of kumbaya geopolitical cooperation moment uh, going on for a while in space. The question, of course, is how long that will last as we see these other private players getting into the game. Yeah, when you got like billionaires like you said, like Elon Musk or or Richard Branson and these guys getting involved in space exploration and partnering with governments, does that maybe kind of cut Russia out of the opportunities for cooperation? I'm thinking about maybe another lunar mission. I mean, you got NASA talking about going back to the moon at some point, and they're looking for international partners on that. Would could Russia be involved in uh, another moon mission? Yeah, in fact, we've already seen them uh, step up and, and and put their name forward as being a country that uh, that would be involved um, in the Lunar Gateway. So we've got you know Canada and Japan as well. Um, so certainly they're you know interested in. I think they've expressed interest, and in, and I think everyone expects that they would be a part of that. Uh, but you know at the same time, how big a part? I mean, you know, Russia's space age uh, space industry has been, as I say, sort of you know the foundation on, upon which the rest of us have been doing our work for the past several years when we talk about space exploration and study and science but you know that i think may be coming to an end the central role that they have played they'll still be playing a role but we perhaps won't be relying on them in the same way that we have done for the past several years um so of course that you know raises questions about whether you know if we don't need the russians and we don't need their support to get up into space, then, you know, will we see some of these geopolitical tensions potentially start to affect the space industry as well? Uh, I think, you know, that's a valid question. And, um, you know, how long will the International Space Station continue? How long will we need the Soyuz rocket from the Russians to get us up there? And, you know, if when the day comes that we no longer rely on them solely to do our space exploration, you know, th at what point does the Russian space agency or the Russian space industry, excuse me, you know, become a target of sanctions like we've seen in so many other sectors of the mm -hmm. Russian economy. 
Okay, I highly recommend the Russia Rising podcast. Jeff, where can people find the podcast? Yeah, you can find, uh, just search Russia Rising on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, really encourage you to take a listen. The, uh, the, f- the season one is out now, and we're already talking about uh, potentially producing some more episodes to come. So I hope people will check it out. And if you have already, then stay tuned for an announcement soon. Okay, it's a great pod. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Mike. All right, that's Jeff Semple, host of the Russia Rising podcast.